Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Living for Food pod. This week on the pod, I have the lovely Frances Largeman Roth. Frances is a registered dietitian nutritionist. You may have seen some of her recipes on the Today Show as her newest cookbook, Everyday Snack Tray, is coming out next month. We've dove deep into tips for maintaining a healthy lifestyle, how to maintain realistic eating goals, and we talked about all things snacks. Please join me in welcoming Francis. Hello and welcome to the Living for Food pod, and I'm glad we can make this work despite our technical issues. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) For those that don't know, so Frances, I was supposed to interview her like a few weeks ago, and then we had like last minute changes, and we both had had computer problems since then, so (laughs) she had to get a whole new computer, but we're here. We're here. Thank goodness. So happy to be here. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So you're a fellow writer too. Yeah. But you're a registered dietitian in the health realm. So I'm really interested to speak with you because I have a lot of questions. Awesome. Ask away. Okay. (laughs) So let's talk about your food background first though. You're a nutritionist. You encourage balance and plant-based eating. What did food look like for you when you were younger? Were you a nutrition-focused household, or is this a passion that kind of ensued like later on in life? Very interesting question. So my mom was German, came from Germany. My dad was from Brooklyn. And so they met in Germany, got married there, and then moved back to the U.S. And so she was making traditional German dishes, um, but she also converted to Judaism. So she was also trying to bring some of those food ways into the household. And luckily there's overlap, you know, I mean, Germans make latkes too and (laughs) matzo ball soup, or, you know, they they call them dumplings instead of matzo balls. So there was a lot of good home cooking, which is really awesome. And I was not actually a food focused person. I wanted to be a veterinarian for the longest time. Okay. Actually went to school undergrad to be a vet um, for four years. I studied animal science. But then when I studied in Australia, I went to Australia for a semester. I kind of had an awakening because I realized that what animal science was teaching me was how to build a bigger, better cow or a bigger, better sheep faster. You know, that's why they use antibiotics. That's why they use growth hormones um, because it, it, that's like a a business decision, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you get the animal bigger, faster, you make more money. And uh, so I went, when I came back from that semester, I met with my, um, my advisor and I said, you know, I just, I'm really, I really like the nutrition classes that I'm taking for animals, what would I need to do to sort of switch things over to humans? And luckily, because I had done all of the sciences already, Mm -hmm. um, I was able to just stay another year and start doing the nutrition courses and nutrition counseling and food science and things like that. So, um, and then I did my dietetic internship. Um, So the the love of food was, it was certainly fostered in me at a young age, but it took me a while to kind of come around to it. And I think part of that also was the fact that my dad died of a heart attack when I was 12. So I, um, you know, it, it wasn't, didn't hit me right at 12. Oh, this was related to how he ate and how he took care of his body. But over time, those are things that I started learning. And I thought, you know what, that doesn't have, that didn't have to happen. You know, he could have lived in a different way and could have, um, you know, either, uh, you know, with with lifestyle and and, um, you know, exercise and things like that. He could he could have lived a, a healthier, longer life. Yeah, that's so hard. And as a kid, you probably couldn't really process what was actually going on. But now you can actually understand, oh, the science behind it and maybe the longevity of your life as well. But exactly. 
Yeah, that's incredibly interesting. Australia must have been incredible. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I've never been there, but it's definitely on my, on my bucket list. I studied abroad in Florence, Italy, but like, that's kind of basic. Everyone does. Not that I'm saying it's not amazing, but <laughs> Australia. Yeah, well, for food, for food, Florence is fantastic. But also, yeah, I mean, Australia is amazing. There's so many different influences there uh, in terms of the food and so much fresh produce and seafood is available. So yeah, definitely keep it on the bucket list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's something you were taught when you were kind of going through all of this education, becoming a nutritionist, that really stuck with you? Does it have to do with more of like the exercise because of your father? Or is it more of just like a fact that you kind of implement into your life now? You know, this is going to sound so boring because <laughs> everyone has heard it a million times, but it is the truth. It's about consistency. Mm -hmm. That is how you maintain your health long-term. So it doesn't matter if you have pizza on Friday night and donuts on Saturday morning or a bagel on Saturday morning. You know, it, it really, those things are part of life and, and food is meant to be enjoyed, but it's about those kind of boring things like getting your fruits mm -hmm. and veggies every day, getting enough fiber in your diet, 25 to 30 grams of fiber a day. Um, not going overboard on sodium, not going overboard on saturated fat and, and just kind of maintaining it, you know, same thing with fitness, right? Like people try to train for marathons just on the weekend. It doesn't yeah. really work. <laughs> not <laughs> it doesn't fan. really work out. Yeah. So you have to, even if it's 20 minutes a day, right? That's often all I can fit in, you know, but 20 minutes on the Peloton, or, you know, on a, on a short run is much better than nothing at all, right? So it's, it's kind of like putting a little bit of that money in the bank every day for your long-term health. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think this is something I, I learned back in college, and I might have to correct it if I'm wrong, but to form a habit, it takes about 21 days. Something um, like that. Something, mm -hmm. something like that, somewhere around there. And I've noticed that if I do exercise consistently or if I eat healthy consistently, I start craving those things. And then once it becomes a habit, it's like it's just in your daily routine and you don't even really think about it. A lot of people also exercise for mental health reasons. So yes. I have a lot of anxiety. A lot of people I know do. So running or like just going to the gym or doing some sort of cardio is really helpful for me as well. But what is one thing you wish people knew about the nutritional field? It's a general question, but. One thing uh, that it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? It doesn't have to be, okay, now today I'm going to start and I'm only having kale salad and I'm only having, you know, grilled chicken and shrimp, and I'm taking all of these brand new supplements starting today. You know, you've seen this before. I'm sure you have, right? I've done it. Right. You've done it. Or it's like only green juice. Okay. From, from here on out. And I'm never going to drink wine again or have a cocktail and I'm never going to stay out late or, you know, like changing, check, check, changing it all. Right. No more toxic relationships, blah, blah, blah. Doing it all. That mm -hmm. is not sustainable. Okay, maybe for two weeks, maybe even for a month you could do that, right? But then you have to live your life. You wanna go to Florence or you wanna go to Sydney, you know, you wanna travel and experience things. Mm -hmm. That is not, all those restrictions are not going to allow you to experience life. And I think that unfortunately, everybody has to come to that conclusion on their mm -hmm. own. You have to kind of make all those mistakes and try the stupid diets, you know, the whatever, the exercise fads to find a real balance that you can live with that makes you feel good, that helps with the anxiety, that nourishes your body, that is good for your body and soul. Yeah, I would say two things for me really, really changed the game. And that's when I started walking more. It is the most simple thing in the world, 
And it's so easy to do, but just like put put this podcast in and go for a walk. And it changed it changed my body, honestly, for a few months because I, I did see a change, but I wasn't necessarily doing it for that physical change. And then I also talked to a nutritionist, I think this was a year or two ago, and she said, add, don't Mm -hmm. subtract. That's right. So like kind of exactly what you were saying, instead of restricting, say you want a a bowl of pasta, add the vegetables to it rather than just not eating the pasta at all because you'll fulfill the craving, but then you're also add the nutrients that you're kind of needing. No, but that's, that's exactly right. And I love that concept of adding, not subtracting, because the truth is we need more. <laughs> we need more fruits and veggies, more whole grains, more healthy fats, right? So I, I really love to see that when people start saying, you know what? I am going to have my pasta. I'm going to add more goodies to it. Maybe even some nuts on top, some like toasted mm-hmm walnuts or, or toasted pistachios. Um, mm-hmm. Make it as flavorful as you want, because also that's going to help you feel more satisfied too. Yeah, that's exactly correct. What is your stance on fasting? Do you feel like that is effective? I mean, I know everyone's body is a little bit different, so you might not be able to say definitively, but... I think it is... Intermittent fasting works for some people and there are some good health outcomes with it for certain people. I don't think it's the type of thing that anyone should just willy-nilly start doing on their own um, because mm-hmm. certainly if you're on medication, no no matter what kind of medication, whether it's for depression or whether it's for you know your heart, going that long, going for 12 hours without eating may have, you know... Um, a detrimental effect um, if you're on medication. So also I know for people with kids, it's like an insane thing to do because if you don't have, if you're not feeding your brain and honestly, your brain requires a lot of calories, you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to parent. You're not going to be able to make good decisions. And, you know, for me, I fasted on Monday because it was Yom Kippur. It's the only time of year that I fast. And, you know, it wasn't, the fasting itself wasn't that hard. Um, I wasn't that, you know, uncomfortable or I didn't feel, you know, faint or anything like that. However, I will say that for the last couple of days, my stomach has not been, my digestion has not been amazing. And I think that there is a real effect there when you're not getting, first of all, we're, we're all not getting enough fiber anyway, but then you take a whole like full 24 hour period without getting any and also being dehydrated, you're honestly kind of making yourself uncomfortable for a a few days. So intermittent Mm -hmm. fasting can work for you. Talk to your doctor or, or a registered dietitian before starting a program like that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's definitely good advice. I was just listening. I won't like name what I was listening to, but there was this celebrity that was basically talking about like, oh, I'm fasting, but it's been three days because it's a cleanse. And I was like, I don't think, (laughs) I think that's just not eating. (laughs) I don't know. You hit the nail on the head. (laughs) That's just called starving your body. Uh, No, no, I, I don't recommend that. And, you know, a lot of celebrities, they... They don't quite put the two and two together. They know that they're influential, but they don't understand how negative their impact can be when they talk about doing these things and how they feel great or they feel it's, you know, cleared their skin up or it's taken away these various other people are going to people with normal means, right? Who can't have people doing all their tasks for them, right? Are going to try this and they might honestly, like have a real, a real medical issue because they haven't eaten for three days. Right. No, exactly. And especially women. I mean, we have enough body issues, but when you're like, you hear like, oh, I haven't eaten three days and I, I feel great and I look better and I'm slimmer. People are going to follow that, especially younger people who haven't gone through the fat diet motions and, and are trying to set realistic goals for themselves, but don't really know how. Yeah. It's, 
it's not ideal. But I was listening to that. And I was like, wow, that is so problematic. It's so problematic. <laughs> but see, you know that it's problematic. A lot of other people don't. So that's the Thank issue. You. Exactly. How do you go about setting those realistic goals for yourself in terms of eating and exercise habits? If you're starting from ground zero and you're like, I don't know what the heck to do, what do you do? Ground zero, you know, back to don't try to do it all at once. Um, start mm -hmm. with start with some very easy meal prep. Um, you know, even just okay. like I, on Sunday, I I. I went to the farmer's market in the morning, but I didn't go crazy because I know that if I buy too much, it gets wasted and then I feel really terrible. Um, so start mm. small, get a head of kale and wash it and then prep it, which just means you're going to chop the stems off and remove that spine on the, you know, on the middle of the mm. leaf. And then I didn't mm. even cook it that day. I just took those cleaned leaves put them in a Tupperware. And then when I went to the fridge, I was like, oh, awesome. Now I can cook this, you know, two days later. And it's going to take me right. literally a minute to cook it. So I would say mm -hmm. if you're starting out, find a few things that you really want to try, whether it is uh, a kale salad or a frittata or an awesome pasta dish or the, you know, Jennifer Aniston salad that was super hot two summers ago. And oh, right. something that you actually like, like if you don't like kale, forget it, you know, don't even waste mm -hmm. your time. Something that you mm -hmm. actually enjoy and want to make. And maybe you have a friend who is starting this whole health journey too, and maybe he or she wants to do the same thing. So if you're making three things a week and they're making three things a week, you guys can swap and then you have even more options. So go with what you like really honest honest to goodness <laughs> go with what you like and if you're like yeah but i like all i like is fast food well guess what there are other healthier options for those things out there too and you can find a million recipes on the interweb and um you know just I, there's so much inspiration out there right yeah yeah there there are so many recipes that you can look up even like fast food dupes and whatever else it is too. But it's funny that you said that because the other day I was in a restaurant, I was meeting someone to interview for an editorial content. And basically I was trying to be a new person. I was like, I'm going to order a literal kale smoothie. That's what I ordered. I hated it. I was like, this is just such a bad idea. I should have just stuck with what I liked. And I love like fruit, but I was trying to kind of cut sugar a little bit, but I mean, it's natural sugar, so whatever. But I was trying to try something different and I ordered the kale smoothie. I was like, such a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. But something I've noticed that is a big difference is when you come home from the grocery store and you do prep the foods, you wash the fruit and it's out, I'll eat it way more. But if I leave it in the container, I'm, it's going to go bad. Yeah, absolutely. If you see it, I mean, they've done all these studies on, they did them on, um, M&Ms, right? And if you put the bowl out on the counter, you're going to grab some every time you walk by. Well, the same is true for healthy stuff. If you have your oranges mm -hmm. or your apples or your grapes, whatever it is in a beautiful bowl on the counter, you're going to, you're more likely to grab it. You know, same thing with kids. Um, you know, another, another tip that I want to give is a lot of women under eat, right? So they would go to that business lunch and they'd be like, I'm just going to have a salad or I'm just going to have the kale smoothie, right? And then you didn't actually fuel enough. And what happens is later on, that's when you're home, you're like, oh my God, that didn't, that really didn't keep me full for long at all. Now I'm grabbing right. everything out of the fridge and oh, look, there's the leftover pizza. I'll have two slices, you know, under fueling almost always is going to backfire on you. Oh yeah. I've experienced that. I've done that to myself <laughs> plenty of times. Yeah. Especially too, if you're trying to, to lose weight, it's just, at least for me personally, that's an ineffective method because I gain weight very, very quickly. Like I will eat like a slice of pizza. Or, I mean, that's, 
you know, not totally correct, but you know what I mean? Like I, I just, if I do it consistently, I'll gain weight very fast, but how do you kind of combat that in a healthy way, whether it be exercising or eating? I think it's just more of a balanced thing, but I'd love to get your opinion. Yeah. Well, I hate to keep saying the F word fiber, but if you don't get enough of that, you're also, you're just, it's going to make you hungry. So sometimes lunch is the worst for me because normally I've got a deadline. I'm sure this sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to work through the deadline. And then I'm like, oh, it's two now. Now I feel like I can't really have lunch because yeah. it's late, but mm -hmm. I'm starving and I've been you know, running to the fridge every 30 minutes for an another snack. So when that happens, I'm like, okay, step back <laughs> before, you, before you grab the chocolate, step back. Maybe you just need to grab an apple now. Like you've eaten stuff, but you still don't feel full. Maybe, right. maybe an apple, maybe an orange, maybe you have, um, you know, a, like a, a cheese stick, something like that with protein in it or a handful of nuts. That's always a good option. Really always a good option because it has fiber and fat to help you know, make you feel satisfied. So it's all, it's also okay. like being aware in the moment, like, which is hard to do when you're hungry because when you're hungry, you don't make good decisions, but you have to, oh yeah, I already had right. a muffin and a this and a bar and a that. So, and it's two, I guess I'll just have the apple, right? And then hopefully that's gonna help me feel <laughs> full because it also has water content in it. Water helps you feel full. Okay. So it's being aware of your decisions, but also if you grabbed that slice of pizza, don't beat yourself up because it's this, it's the shaming and the beating yourself yeah. up that then spirals into potentially multiple days of doing the same thing. Right. And that's where those really unhealthy habits start to come in. Yeah. Because once you kind of kick it off and you say, Oh, I had this pizza pizza, you kind of go into this mindset where you're like, well, I already ate bad. So now I'm just going to keep digging right, a cares? hole and digging a hole. Because, you know, but yeah. I really try to counsel people. Every, every next decision, can you have a choice. It can be an awesome decision or a not so great decision, mm -hmm. you know. But, um, right. yeah, it's, it's hard because we also get decision fatigue. Because we make so many decisions yeah. each and every day. I know. Just walking into the grocery store, I have this kind of idea in my head. Well, I'm also that kind of person that I have a basic list, but if I see something or get an idea that I want to cook, I just grab extra things, but I try not to let it go to waste. But it can be really overwhelming for people who don't know where to go or what to do, yeah. honestly. It's like me and Sephora. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, <laughs> they have 10 new brands. I don't even know where to look. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Sephora is a whole nother world. Ulta, forget it. Ulta beauty is like so crazy. But yeah, it's like you don't even know where to look. It's literally just what when you're consuming media too. It's social media too. It's like you're consuming all of these recipes. It's like people are throwing things at you, giving you tips on how to lose weight, giving you tips on how to eat. This is bad for you. This is good for you. And then it swaps and it's like, it's too it much. too much. So I 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what am I supposed to eat ever? Yeah. <laughs> Snack trays. That's what you should eat. There you go. That's what I was just going to go into. Because they're so fun. <laughs> Amazing. You just segued right into my, our next topic here. So your upcoming cookbook, Perfect. Everyday Snack Tray, is now available for pre-order. And this is your fourth yes. book, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? It's it's four or five. Um, yeah. Uh, there were some other other things in between there, but this is this is my this is my third completely solo book, and then probably five or six, including the ones that I okay. co-authored. But I'm super excited about this one. I shot it with Lauren Volo, who is an amazing photographer, and Maeve Sheridan is a fantastic, fantastic uh, prop stylist. And 
Mira Evnine is an amazing food stylist. So um, it's just, it was a labor of love and I got the whole family involved, but yes, it's available available for pre-order now and then comes out on November 28th. Yay, that's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So you talk a lot about dealing with kids and like picky eating as well. Do you have any tips for parents who struggle with their kids being picky eaters? Would these snack trays kind of be a solution to that? They definitely can be. So picky eating is super, super common. Some kids outgrow it. And uh, like at an earlier age, at say five, some kids stay picky through their teens and then, you know, even Mm -hmm. off to college. And the parents are like, oh my God, they're going to (laughs) starve. That was me. They're going to eat. They were terrified. She's never going to (laughs) eat. And honestly, I ate like the same thing all freshman year, but then I just started getting the food business and I was like, I eat everything now, but (laughs) it was a work in progress. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody sort of expands their palate at a different rate. Um, For little kids, toddlers, that is the only thing that they have control over, right? The parents are dressing them. The parents are telling them where to go, when to go. That is the only way that they can control their lives is I'm going to eat this, but I'm not going to eat that, right? Or I'm going to eat this now, but then tomorrow I'm going to hate it. And I'm going to tell you, I don't want it anymore. So it's super frustrating for parents. And as dietitians, you know, we, we know that it can take up to 20 time, 20 exposures to a new wow. food for a kid to even try it. And that's not loving it. That's trying wow. it. Right. And, but it really does work. I mean, for years I'm putting out the Brussels sprouts, putting out the Brussels sprouts. Then one day my youngest kid says, I'm, I'm going to try them. Those look good, mommy. I want to try them today. And so it really, it's about familiarity. So what I talk about in Everyday Snack Tray is that if you combine familiar foods, like say Mm -hmm. peanut butter with new foods for kids, maybe it's cucumber or maybe it's cherry tomatoes or, you know, Mm -hmm. pomegranate and it's all on the same tray, then they're seeing it, they can touch it, they can put it on their plate, they can try it, maybe it's a yuck, maybe it's a yum, but it's all of those exposures and understanding that, oh, hey, well, you know, Aunt Liz is eating it and she seems to be liking it, maybe I'll try it today or maybe I'll try it next time. So exposure to new foods and different cuisines and different um, types of of food is a really, really important thing for parents to do. And I think that a snack tray is a low stress Mm -hmm. way to do it. So if you told me that I had to like, hey, introduce your kids to Indian food. If I had to make a whole Indian meal, I'd probably feel pressured to do it. But if I can add some samosas to a snack tray, then that's a much easier, lower stress way as a parent for me to do that. Right, and I think too, it's so, easy to give up before those 20 exposures especially you're like oh i gave it to him three times he's not gonna eat it because that's what i would do if you know like you don't really think about it what i like about the cookbook is that it also promotes meal times to be fun rather than a type of chore what's the recipe you are most looking forward to sharing if you could choose oh wow great question um there are a lot. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Cause the one that's coming to mind is it's a very fun one, not the um, healthiest pick in the book, but definitely delicious. It is a brownie topped mm-hmm. with a, with a macaroon top that was inspired by my friend, Jake Cohen. Oh, So um, I'm sure you're familiar with him mm-hmm. and his books and he has a new book out right now. But of course I make mine because this is an everyday snack tray from a box mix, you know, and right. his is from scratch. Um, but then you make a mac, a coconut macaroon topping and bake that on top of the brownie. And those are really, really delicious oh. uh, if you're a coconut lover like I am. But for this time of year also, the maple pumpkin muffins are delicious and they are on the fall fest tray and uh, I just made a batch the other day Mm -hmm. and they're really easy and uh, you know really just make use of all the fall 
spices and then there's some candied ginger on top. And what's great about these snack trays is that you're only making one thing from scratch. Mm -hmm. And everything else is stuff that you're either buying at the store or it's a fresh fruit or veggie that you're just cutting up in a fun way. So it's, again, meant to be low stress and to bring more fun to mealtime and Mm -hmm. snack time rather than having parents be like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to make or I need to make everything perfectly. This is not about making salami roses. (laughs) (laughs) I've tried to do those and I've failed miserably. Those are hard to do. They're hard to make. Yes, they are. They are. Um, but there's nothing wrong with boxed mixes either or store-bought things. No. I've talked to so many chefs who use that and desserts and whatever else because sometimes it's just easier, but it also tastes good. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the people are making mixes for a reason. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, totally. So would you say this is a good resource for appetizers and like dinner parties outside of just the everyday family life? Yeah, absolutely. There's one, there's a tray called um, Mediterranean date night uh, or date night, date night medse platter. So it's, you know, Mediterranean themed Mm -hmm. and it's really for, it was really inspired by the pandemic because we moved during the pandemic from Brooklyn to Westchester County. And so um, we went, I mean, as did many, many people, we went for a long time without a date night. And I mean, it was something like two two years, maybe even more. And so I wanted a concept that um, allowed parents to take a moment, even mm-hmm. if they can't leave the house, you know, put Bluey on for your kids and find a quiet place for you guys to just like sit, have a moment, have a glass of rosé and enjoy some really good cheese and, you know, some other really tasty things. Mm-hmm. And um and then there's a, there's a meatless Monday tray, which has a, uh, a lentil and quinoa patty, which is delicious. Oh. And so there are trays that are more for uh, like a full meal and there are trays that are just for snacks. So it's really, you know, multiple occasions, multiple reasons and multiple seasons. There are four seasons that are covered in the book. Oh, amazing. I'm so excited to try. I love a good board. I do one every single holiday and i love i do like a holiday i love that themed i do easter themed christmas all of the things but i actually was just talking to andrew zimmern so for those at home he's like a really big food television personality he's done like bizarre foods and family dinner on television but i was talking to him about charcuterie boards and it it frustrates me because a lot of it goes to waste and he gave yes. me such an amazing solution. He said, take all the cheese rinds, freeze them, and use mm-hmm. them for a cheese sauce on vegetables and on other things. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so smart because it bothers me when I have to throw like nice cheeses out or something yeah, like that. me too. Yeah, it just, it, was, it blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe I've never put a cheese sauce on like broccoli before, but <laughs> I got to do yeah. it. Well, because diet culture tells you not to do that, but it's delicious and it's certainly a great way to eat more veggies. It is. The sun is now coming in my face. It's like I'm on the West Coast, so (laughs) the sun is coming around. But I have to ask you in the snacks that we're talking about and everything, what is your go-to snack? I, you know, I love all different foods, but for like a quick snack, you cannot beat almond butter or peanut butter and an apple. You know, it's so just good. super, super satisfying. Mm-hmm. And clearly that can go on a snack tray. And I think, you know, personal snack trays are really fun too. Mm-hmm. There's one in the book called Bad Day at School Snack Tray, you know, because sometimes okay. when you have kids, they come home and they are, you know, something bad, something happened their feelings got hurt um maybe their teacher yelled at them Mm -hmm. maybe they just did the wrong thing or you know got a bad grade or something Mm -hmm. so it's all about it's not so much exactly what is on that tray because every kid is going to be different it's it's kind of taking that time to make them feel special Mm -hmm. and to make them feel like wow mom or dad really cares and is going to sit down with me 
without her cell phone mm-hmm. and distractions and and talk to me and we're we're going to have a moment of connection and uh and maybe maybe your kid will tell you what happened that day maybe they won't maybe they'll save it for another time but you know food obviously is a way to care for people and so i want families you know this is really i i wrote this for people like me people who are busy they're working and their parents and they want ways to connect with their kids and i think people people are struggling with that these mm-hmm. days. So everybody's connected. Um, I have a friend who was posting cause she just moved to Mexico. She was posting about the two hour dinner that they, that dinners every night for two hours. And I was like, wow, you know, I remember, like I said, my mom was from Germany and I remember us having dinner parties and they would go on for hours, but that is all before we had these things distracting us, you know, we, that wasn't a thing. Right. And so we're like, how long do you sit down for dinner? If you're not out to dinner, you might sit down for what, like 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine having a two hour dinner, like a family dinner? You know, it just doesn't happen anymore. No, I can't remember the last time I did that, but we did used to have in my childhood, I used to have nice like sit down dinners before all of this but now we're just so accessible that we feel like we have to be so accessible to everyone else and just not live on the moment but live online and sometimes i say i'm like i just want to throw my phone in the ocean and not look back yeah. and other times i love my phone so it's a love hate <laughs> sure yeah i mean right the world has changed but i think instead of always succumbing to it mm-hmm. we need to find those times you know, or make the time to do something a little special. And so Everyday Snack Tray helps parents and other caregivers, and honestly, just anyone, you know, these aren't only for kids, helps us create that moment, you know, and I, I, it's also create, it's a creative outlet for me too, to do a Halloween snack tray or, you know, uh, a snack tray. So it's so fun and creative. But to kind of create those moments because we know that we're not having enough of them. Right. And I think, too, if you get your kids involved in the kitchen and at any way you can, even if it's just throwing the fruit on the snack tray, I think it incorporates it a little more. And it allows for that creativity that you mentioned as well. But snack boards are are just it's a blank canvas. So you can just do whatever you want. It's going to be right. You're never going to be wrong. That is exactly right. Because you know what? You know what I say in the first chapter, which is the rules of snack trays? Mm -hmm. There are no rules. (laughs) There (laughs) are no rules. Yeah. It's like Fight Club, but for snack trays. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So I really, I I hope people find inspiration and and fun. And I do talk about um, snack trays for different ages. And I have to tell you, one of my proudest moments as a mom was when my now 14 year old said to me, Hey mom, um, I'm having a sleepover. I want to make a snack tray. Oh, so, yeah. So my, you made it. yes, she took the initiative <laughs> and wanted to do it and, and thought that it was something that her friends would enjoy. And so yeah. I stepped back and I was like, I don't really care exactly what she puts on there. This is, this is her thing, and I'm just happy that she wants to do it and that she's interested in food. That's amazing. See, that that's where my control would kick in. I'd be like, you should put it here, you should put it here. But that's a time to step back and let them do it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I just, I love for it to look good. And since I'm in content creation, I'm like, I have a specific thing in mind. So of I'm course. Like, eat it <laughs> until I'm finished. But then after that, they can eat it <laughs> however they want. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've made actually a lot of television appearances like the Rachel Ray show, Today Show, CNN. I'm sure you will for this cookbook as well. But you are even a, a judge on There you go. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You were on Food Network Challenge as well, right? Yes. It was super fun. Um, We shot it in Memphis. And I remember this was back when they would have you do those really like serious 
have the judges <laughs> make these really serious faces. And Memphis was so like the bright, 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 bright sun. And we couldn't have sunglasses on and they didn't want us to squint, but it was virtually impossible. And I think that, you know, any Botox that I've had is because of that, that shoot. But yeah, it's, it's always fun when you can go on national TV and, you know, meet new people and have a new experience and also expose people to, you know, your recipes. It's kind of an amazing thing. That is so, so fun. Is there anyone that in the industry that has come back to you and just raved about your recipes and like made them or let you know online that they made them? Because I feel like you would get great feedback from that. Yeah. I mean, gosh, this was when I wasn't totally, like, I didn't totally know how to use Instagram. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, and my friend had, this is from my last book, Eating in Color. I have an emerald muffin recipe in there, which has a bunch of spinach in, in the muffin, but it's like the base of it is a banana bread muffin. And so they taste delicious, but they're packed full of fiber and iron and other nutrients. And my friend had shared that recipe with Jess Sims from Peloton. And Jess had made them and shared them. I'm not sure if it was in her feed or in her stories, but I completely missed it. Like a a friend of mine saw it, but I completely missed it because I just, I don't know. I was not like super savvy with Instagram at the time. So I'm like, anyway, um, so yeah. So yes, I, I, I do get feedback, um, from time to time on my recipes and it always feels good, especially like I have three kids and you know, kids will share their opinion with you and they don't always love the emerald muffins or the whatever, you know, the pumpkin smoothie or whatever the case might be. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously everybody has their own palate, but um, it feels great when, especially when it's something that they're making on repeat, it feels great to hear that kind right. of feedback. Right, right. I know. I Sometimes I miss stuff on Instagram too, but kids will always be honest with you. Yes. They'll never falter <laughs> on that. <laughs> that's, that's brutally or not. <laughs> Have you ever had like kitchen mishaps while filming these shows? I know they're really pre-planned, but I've never been like on a a set like that. So I'm just curious how it kind of works. They, um, well, especially if you're, if it's the Today Show, they have amazing food stylists and they have everything prepped for you. But obviously stuff can go wrong, you know, Um, stuff can fall on the floor. Machines sometimes don't turn on the way they should. And, um, you know, I've definitely had, uh, gosh, like if you're going to use a food processor, you better make sure that you have everything lined up. Cause of course it will only turn on if everything's lined up perfectly, test all of your equipment beforehand for sure. And like, and then there are shows that you have to bring, like, I remember Fox, I would have to bring bags and bags, like schlepping all this stuff to their set. Cause they oh, didn't really? have, yeah, they didn't have a food stylist. So, um, you have to think through every recipe and, you know, take notes and be like, okay, so for this, I need a spatula, a bowl, mm-hmm. a teaspoon, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And, um, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of room for error when you're talking about food and making yeah. food li- on live TV or even on an Instagram live, you know, <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) lots of stuff can go wrong. So, you know, run through it ahead of time is always a good, a good tip for sure. Just like you would run through the outfit too. Oh yeah, of course. Of (laughs) course. I, I know I've noticed sometimes I go to cooking demos and they don't try the, the equipment out before and then they have no idea how to use it. So then like there's something that's hot and they're like scrambling and I was just like, huh, that's interesting that they didn't try it beforehand. But good thing you did. You have all your stuff. Imagine forgetting something, though, if you go to Fox and then like, where? how are you going to get it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think also if you can, if it's not a security issue, bring your own yeah. knives, like at least a chef's knife, because you never oh. know um, what they're going to have available. So Uh, I used to do a lot more things where I had to show up with my own stuff. I try not to do that so much anymore just because, yeah, it's really time consuming. 
So let's talk about what's next for you. The cookbook comes out on November 28th, you said. Yes. Are there any other upcoming projects or anything else going on that you'd like to share in the meantime or after? Um, well, I started doing something called, I do, I create a lot of free content for my website. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I created for summer was something called 30 ways to well. So 30 different okay. ways to just be well, to feel good, you know, whether it's a physical, um, thing or, you know, something good to eat or, you know, meditating. Uh, for the summer, I talked a lot about like ways to stay cool because goodness knows we're on a warming planet and we need to to think about ways to keep cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do another one for winter. So 30 ways to well this winter. And so it's a, it's a calendar concept, free downloadable PDF. And so that will be available um, right around the holidays. Amazing. People need that in the winter. We get, we yes. hermit in the winter. Even I know on the I West do. Coast. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, I just moved here, so I um, definitely was hermiting in Connecticut, where I'm from. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, it's really uh, easy to do, and so there there will be a lot of ideas for how to get out of the house, and you know how how to layer, how to um, you know why it's important to get those 20 minutes of direct sunlight, even in February. You know because it's. Right lack of vitamin D, I am telling you, it is the thing that can really just put you over the edge in the winter time in terms of mood, in terms of, you know, your immune system. So you need 30 ways to stay well. <laughs> <laughs> I will be using all of them. I was told it even gets a little cold here. I don't, mm. it's definitely not winter, but I was told to prep, but I was also told that by people who've lived here forever. So I don't know if they know what real cold is. Right. They probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> they probably don't. So I have a short game for you if you're up for it. Totally. I do it every episode. It's like an opinion lightning round of food trends. So I'll say six popular food trends, all like nutrition related. And then you'll tell me if you're for or against it. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> cool. All right. First one, protein powder. Yay. Yes. Really? Yes. I'm interested <laughs> in that. Okay. Because I always was kind of like, I always told my sister I was kind of like not for it, but I, I need to do a little more research on it, I think, as well. Yeah. It's, it's also okay. an individual thing. I think you have to find one that you like the taste of and that doesn't bother your stomach, but it can be a great way to... You know, if you need an extra 10 grams a day, that's a great way to do it. Okay. I'm taking that in. Number two, collagen. Yay. Yes. <laughs> okay. As somebody who's almost 50, yes. Yes to collagen. <laughs> I love it. Number three, energy drinks. No way. Nope. Stick to coffee. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> For fish oil. I've seen this recently a lot. It's better to eat fish. Okay. Better to eat Fair fish, point. yes. But if you can't or don't, then yeah, talk to your doctor about a fish oil supplement. Okay. Number five, ginger shots. This was a fad for a while. Ginger, yes. Ginger shots, no. Okay. I know ginger has some anti-inflammatory properties yeah. and other things. So I've been wanting to incorporate that into like smoothies and, and stuff, but I was curious if the shots. I would say, were... I would say add fresh ginger. I mean, buy a, buy a root and then just peel a one inch piece and add that one inch piece to your smoothies. And if you want to even make it easier, you could, I mean, they sell little ginger shots, put a little mm -hmm. bit of that into your smoothie. But okay. don't take it straight. It it really can burn your throat. And I think it's, there's no reason. There's no reason to do shots, like ever. I'm sorry, if you're over 21, don't do any shots. <laughs> Never shots, not, none of the kind. <laughs> no shots. No shots ever. All right, number six, greens or superfood powders? Oh my gosh. Well, food is always best. Food is always best. So, you know, I was a good girl this week and I prepped my kale. And so now I'm eating the kale that I prepped. However, mm -hmm. there are weeks that I'm on the road, that I'm 
not that I don't have access to fruits and veg, you know, fresh fruits and veggies like I would like to. And so to have a greens powder on me that I can just add to water or, you know, add to something else is convenient. And that way I know I'm getting, uh, I'm getting those nutrients in, but, but food is always best. Yeah, always. All right. My last question for you. This is something I ask every single guest. If there is one cooking appliance or utensil that you think everyone should splurge on, what would it be and why? Microplane grater. You will use it all the time. Um, It's not that expensive and it's so great for, you know, fresh citrus, uh, you know, orange citrus, sorry, citrus zest. For zesting yeah. your lemons, zesting your oranges, and just adding that extra little flair to your dishes. You know, Parmesan, you can use it with chocolate. You can use it with nutmeg, so many different things. So, you know, certainly, yeah, it's great to have uh, a Vitamix blender. That's amazing yeah. too. But, you know, for 20 bucks, definitely get that microplane grater. Oh, so smart. I just added lemon zest to a pasta I was making the other day, and it is such a game changer. I don't know why I haven't done that. (laughs) And it's so inexpensive. Yeah, it's so inexpensive. I forget those things are around, and it just, like, pops everything out. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on. This was super fun and such a great conversation, so I appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you. I have loved every minute of it. It was so fun. I really appreciate the opportunity. Of course. So Francis's cookbook is now available for pre-order on Amazon and will be released on November 28th. You can also follow Francis on Instagram at Francis L. Roth RD. Perfect. Is there anything else you'd like me to promote while we're doing the outro? Well, you could just mention my website, which is FrancisLargemanRoth.com. Okay. So go to Francis Largeman Roth. I almost messed that up. Hey, fellow foodies. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review. And while you're at it, make sure to follow me at Living for Food Pod on Instagram or TikTok or email me at livingforfoodpod at gmail.com. Let me know what you're cooking up this week, which guests you would like to see on the podcast, or tell me your opinions on the latest viral food trend. Until next time.